Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. My kids know not to come home with Twizzlers in the bag. I'm like, not to this house, you don't. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Come here, you precious little prince. Why don't we have some cookies until you don't feel like biting anymore? With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. No, 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 no. That's monstrous. I'm not a monster, Amy. We got a Sima. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I'm here for the apple cider donuts. Those are so good. Hey, everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we're talking about, isn't this everyone's family? (laughs) Things that you did in your family that seemed normal, (laughs) but weren't. I believe I've told this story before, but very quickly. My father's father, they lived where they could see the Tappan Zee Bridge, which is across the Hudson River. And his dad knew what time the lights of the bridge came on. So he would go over to the light switch in the house and be like, I got to turn my bridge on. And he would flip the lights. And so my dad, until like college, basically thought that his dad owned the Tabernacle Bridge. <laughs> and it's just funny how that happens. My turns out it was just his house. My son, when he was maybe seven, at some point, we go to a beach near my dad's house that we call Grandpa's Beach. And I don't know, he was like seven or eight and talking to some other kids. And he's like, yeah, this is my grandpa's beach. And they're like, this isn't your grandpa's beach, you idiot. And then he was so mad at me. He's like, why did you tell me that was grandpa's beach? I'm like, we say grandpa's beach because it's the beach near grandpa's. But he is still mad at me that I like humiliated him in front of other kids because he's like, this is my grandpa's place. And they were like, you're a moron. So here's our house's version of that. My mother grew up saying to us, and so I therefore grew up saying to my kids that you, when you are blowing on something because it's too hot and you're waiting for your soup to cool down, you're foofing it. You have to foof that. F-O-O-F, I guess I would spell it. Foof that, you know, before you put it in your mouth. Same thing, like my five-year-old and his cousin, my brother's kid, tearfully coming up to me with with my son saying, Celia says that foof is not a word. Not what you call that. And I told her that yes, it is. And I had to totally embarrass my son by saying, well, and... In our family, it's a word, but it's that's just in our family. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Well, I say agreeance all the time. I am an agreeance, and it's an old joke in our family that someone was on a board or like a town board or something 
where there was a guy and his girlfriend were both on the board. And whatever Raymond said, his girlfriend would say, I am in agreeance with Raymond. And so it just became a thing that we say all the time in the family. I am in agreeance with Raymond just means like, <laughs> I'm going to agree with someone just to annoy no. you. Also, nobody asked me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I constantly on the podcast will say like, I'm in agreeance with that. And it's a joke, but nobody gets it except for me. And so I'm sure people are like, why does she say agreeance? That's not a word. This was a really fun one. We went to our Facebook group, like we always do, facebook.com slash groups slash whatfreshhellcast. And we asked, what's something that you grew up thinking that every family did, but turns out it was just yours? I'm going to tell you guys, this, in a rather tough week, this gave me the warm fuzzies, this thread. It was so much fun to read. It was good feels all around because it's just cute that like families, I feel like we worry so much about... I yelled this time or I did this thing wrong. And I feel like we keep learning the lesson that like what kids remember is the vibe. You know, it's good vibes only in a way like Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes bad vibes only, I guess. But I think that like there's something very magical about these kind of memories. Mm -hmm. We're not going to spend the whole day on holidays because let me tell you, people have very strong opinions about how holidays should be. done. Right, right. And I have a cousin who still drives by the house he grew up in. He hasn't lived there probably 45 years. And he gets mad because they put the Christmas tree in the wrong place. He can see it through the windows. It's like, that's not where it goes. Mm -hmm. And there is something about holiday traditions that you're like, this is how it's done. Mm -hmm. And it's not. But Patrick, my friend Patrick, who this just spoke to me because I had exactly the same experience. He said that people in his family open presents one present at a time and you have to announce the two from before opening and then everyone watches you and reacts to the gift. It goes on for hours. That's the correct way to do that. Exactly. That is the only correct way to do it. Mm -hmm. The first time I spent time with someone else's family at Christmas (laughs) time, let's not mention any names because I don't want to cause hard feelings. It was like a time to open the gifts. And I was like still pouring like my perfect mug of cocoa to enjoy and gathering my seat on the couch and like a pile of insane Wolverines. People dug into the Christmas packages. By the time my butt cheeks hit the sofa with my cocoa, Christmas was over. Your weeks of planning and wrapping were already over with. Yes. And I went upstairs and I cried for like 45 minutes. <laughs> and I was so <laughs> upset. And But I have other people who will be like, can I tell you something absolutely horrible? My husband's family makes you open the gifts one at a time, do the announcement, and... You know, and they find that horrifying, like that we all have to stare at each other, that it takes nine hours. The fact that it takes nine hours is what's so great about it. It's what else are you going to do? You've set aside the whole, like nothing's open. What are you going to like start watching Netflix sooner? Try on the scarf three times. Yeah, I agree. Melinda has one that I've never heard of because the opening presents slowly or incredibly quickly, I feel like is just like it's a 50-50 thing. But I never heard of this one. Melinda says on Christmas morning, her dad would wake them up by blasting Santa Claus is coming to town from Neil Diamond's 1992 album. Melinda says like everybody would know what that is. I don't think I've ever heard Neil Diamond felt out Santa Claus is coming to town. My husband's family does this as well. But the song is Handel's Hallelujah Chorus. And so that is a tradition that has now come into my family. And so it's like, yes, at 7 a.m. you're allowed to come down and see your presents, but you have to wait until you hear the Hallelujah Chorus 
and that's when you're allowed to come down. I want to say this was a, and everybody sleeps in the same bedroom. This was a tradition that was ruined by my, I mean, not that I'm bitter, by my brother's college girlfriend, now his wife, who was like, I'm not sleeping in the same room as you people. We're in our 20s. And we were just like, we don't understand the words coming out of your mouth. And she flatly refused to like bunk together overnight. She's like, you're way too old to be doing this. And it's unsightly. And I don't know that I've ever fully forgiven her. I have one last one we just have to hit for this one line that Laura's family had a uh, paper ball fight, like, you know, the paper. But this is the line that I liked. Grandma was off limits. Everyone else was fair game. I mean, it's just a great line. I had to highlight it. I'm going to do that. I mean, that's a good use for all that. Grandma was off. Like, I love that it's just like a full family, like, rager. And it's like, don't hit grandma in the face with paper. Seems fair. I guess it's only in my family that the bag, it's usually my dad, but like the bag to throw away the paper and the ribbons, lest there be a mess when you're done. Lest there be a mess. Like you have to open your present and then immediately put all your wrappings right in the garbage bag that's been passed to you. Yes. There's always that one person who's like, I have the bag. Right, right. (laughs) So no paper fights at our house. This is fun. I think a lot of this stuff comes up when you are in a serious relationship, getting married, first interacting with your spouse's family. Lori says, staying at the dinner table until everyone is finished eating was a tradition. The first time I had dinner at my future in-law's house, both my spouse and his dad got up, left the table as soon as they were finished and left their plates on the table. I was mortified. Mm. This would not fly in my household. (laughs) No. I'm wondering if Lori had a talk with her future spouse about like this childhood tradition. Like once we cross the threshold of our new home, we have a new tradition. Oh, no. Which is you, we have dinner together. In our family, the phrase, may I please be excused, must be uttered. Right. Before you stand up. And the response to that is, clear your plate. Right. That is what happens at the end of every dinner. And that's right. There's, it's again, it's morally neutral, I suppose, unless you're just leaving it for the mom to clean up. But yeah, that would shock me. Shock me. I've definitely been at tables where people just get up and walk away in the middle of the meal. And I'm like, excuse me. Did you ask to be excused? It might just be in my house that I have people, let's just say it's people, who get up from the table during the meal and start making another, you know, an alternate thing to what was made. Oh, This person would say it's an also, it's an an in addition to, it's, and I'm like, what's wrong with the incredibly healthy thing that I made? Sufficient proportioned dinner that I have, Well, but I also want to do this other thing. Yeah, that's sometimes that happens during dinner in my house. May I please be excused before your butt leaves the chair? That's how we roll in my family. I'm going to put that into place. You need to say, may I please be excused? Yeah, put it in place. I loved this one. Nikki said she grew up in a giant Filipino-American family, and the elders make the young ones perform. It could be anything, you know, karate. You could do a monologue. It's like um, Miss America. You can do interpretive dance. You can sing. Whatever your talent is, it is on display. But then the best part is that it was full of embarrassment and fear because they would occasionally heckle us. Yes, I said heckle. The Filipino tradition. <laughs> I am so for this. I am so for this. I did a dance routine, she says, to How Will I Know at my grandmother's 72nd birthday cookout. And I have video footage of my aunties being like, oh, look at her. Or is she going to do something else? <laughs> I mean, I am so down with this. It's chock full of lessons. It's like self-esteem, but you've got to earn it. Like, I love this tradition. Right. Maybe because I came up in comedy clubs. I'm like, you got to have hecklers. That's what makes you strong. And then this was my favorite line. She said, 
The aunties who heckled us now say, oh, that's okay. They don't have to do it about their own kids. Like, this is the next generation. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. The next generation, right. What? And you know my cousins and I say, no way. This is shared trauma. Get up there and pay your dues. (laughs) They call this dance monkey. Nikki says, this is a phenomenon called dance monkey in just their family. I feel like you could read a thousand books about grit and self-esteem and how to develop it in children. But let me tell you, get yourself some Filipino aunties who goof on you while you perform and you're there. You're there, people. It's done. I still remember the butterflies in my stomach before like, you know, the talent show that I would demand we all put on for the elders whenever we gathered as like a group of friends or cousins or whatever. The kids and I would, as soon as we got there, our sleeping bags aren't even out yet. I'm like, okay, guys, there's a talent show at eight o'clock, right? I was always planning the talent show. Yes. But then in a panic about whatever it was I was going to do. But I wasn't worried I'll get heckled. That was not part of my... Oh, no. See, I came from a family of hecklers. I mean, if you got up and tried to show out and you failed, you would hear about it from the crowd. And in fact, my husband is often appalled by me because I have a son who is a would-be comic. He's quite funny. But he's like, I've got a joke. And he writes his own material, which I seriously respect. But he'll get up and be like, what da 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 He'll tell some joke and it's like, the setup isn't very good, whatever. And I'm like, eh. It needs work. It's not that funny. And my husband's always kind of appalled that I don't just fake laugh. And I'm like, please, he's going to be out in the club someday. He's going to thank me. He's going to thank me that I give him pity laughs. (laughs) You don't get pity laughs out on the road. Grit and resilience. Grit and resilience, people. (laughs) Tiffany says, when you stay at someone's house and you sleep there, you strip the beds and the pillows when you leave. You take off the sheets. So this is her family's tradition that when you are not at home in somebody else's house, our family's tradition is that you have to strip the bed and pillows, I guess is what she's saying. Yeah, that she would be confused if someone stayed at her house and just got up in the morning and left. Mm -hmm. And I do, when I stay at someone's house, I'm like, can I strip the bed? I ask. I don't do it automatically. Right. You ask and then maybe they'll say no. And then, but then when you ask, people are usually like, no, don't worry about it. And then you're like, I should have maybe just done it rather than asking because now they feel like... Tiffany, strip the bed. Ask, just get up in the morning and be like, can I strip the bed? Can I be excused from the table? Tiffany's also horrified that not everybody makes a giant bowl of popcorn when they sit down and watch a movie at home. I mean, I'd have some. I'd have some if you made some. I get it. But yeah, no, I mean... We definitely did that growing up and I let it go. I have a kid who had braces. Yeah, braces. I just, I, we're not popcorn people at my house. Yeah, the braces. You're right. That's what it was. Kid who doesn't like it. Like in the 70s and 80s, there was no orthodontia. We just had crooked teeth and it was like good enough. And I feel like there weren't a lot of snack options since so you had popcorn when you made the movies. Like popcorn and movies. Now you go to the movies, you can get like a sushi roll. It just feels kind of like, all right, we moved on from popcorn at the movies. Right. It's cold popcorn or nothing. Right. You're right. I feel like two kinds of people, two kind of families, Amy. Singing families and non-singing families. Yes. Amy's family on Thanksgiving stands around the piano and sings show tunes between dinner and dessert. They don't watch TV. There's no football. They just sing around the piano. Oh, that's so nice. I want to go to Amy's house for Thanksgiving. I found a bunch of pictures from my mom when she died. And there was just a whole series of like, they lived in Washington, D.C. in the 60s. And in every picture, like every single person, it's like a prop, is holding a highball, like a whiskey and a cigarette. And they're always standing around pianos and singing. And I'm like, what a life. It looks glorious. Well, you know what we had back then is people who could play the piano. 
right? Like my sister could do this. She could sit there and play it. And my cousin on my husband's side is a first cousin who will do this at Christmas time. She'll sit down. You know, you can give her some music and she can look at it and start playing it. What a, like it's such a gift. It's such a gift. My husband's family is a singing family and I appreciate it, but I must speak for people. I understand the lore of it and I understand the terror of it. Like there are definitely people who like, let's all sing show tunes together. They would just be like, where can I hide? Like I have to now fake my own death because I have to run out the front door and never talk to these people again. And I understand. But it's not talent show. You're just shouting like defying gravity in unison, right? You're not actually performing for each other. Well, no, but like at my husband's family, like someone will sit down at Christmas time and be like, let's fire up some tunes. And when we took his grandfather and grandmother for a tour, we were in the Badlands and there's nothing to do. You just drive around and look at the Badlands like there's you're not doing much. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) And we drove around for like four hours and the two of them sang like hymns in the backseat in harmony for like four hours straight. I found it lovely, but I do want to give voice to people for whom that would be a nightmare. I believe that it is morally neutral singing. You could be for it or against it. When it's after Thanksgiving and there's just like 100,000 dishes to do and half of the population has excused themselves to fall asleep in front of the television with the, you know, with the game on, like this is just how it is now until, until bedtime. That's a little depressing. You'd rather have show tunes. Yes. Or everybody stays awake. Yeah. I think the person who's napping would rather have a nap. But, you know, there's different kinds of people in the world. All right, we'll be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. (laughs) But all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. 
I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different and fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. I love people. Mel's tradition in their family growing up in New Zealand was visiting the dump for fun. Her husband was a little surprised by this. Would you even know like where the dump is like for your house? No, but this is a regional thing. Like we live in the suburbs of Manhattan. You live in Manhattan. Like you're definitely not going to the fish kill landfill for fun. Like it's not fun. You're going if you've like lost a body or a wedding ring, you know, like that's the only reason you're going. Or I want to. Right? Or you want exactly. to do one of those things. <laughs> Maybe at the same time, a body and a wedding ring. One stop shopping at the fish kill dump. But I do know people who go to the dump, like they find treasures in the dump. Okay. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound that fun to me, but it's something that Mel... I mean, I'll do goodwill, but there's some, you know, there's some sort of sorting principle in place there. And it wasn't among the garbage first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've won a filter between you and the garbage. That's fair. They also, and I have to say, I actually like kind of almost threw up a little bit because I hate this. They let their dogs lick the plates before going in the dishwasher. I go to a lot of places and the dog is licking the plates, even if they're in the dishwasher. It really yucks me out. It's really Yeah, gross. my needle has moved on this for sure. I have a dog. She's 11. And it definitely was like an absolutely not in 2011, whatever it was, that has sort of slowly moved towards, not that it's something I look forward to, but it's something I, you know, don't like scream across the room to stop her from doing. Yeah. I see why it would be gross if you didn't have a dog. Yeah. It's gross. And... I'm the same with like people who use interchangeable. But there's like a famous meme that's like when you were growing up, you had the bowl and it was for like washing your feet, puking into and like serving the jello. Yeah, and popcorn on movie night. That's right. You only had one bowl and it had to serve all the purposes. And it's funny that like, yeah, yeah. There's a famous like one of the housewives at some point was like, I, I have to buy my own, I have to build my own house because living in someone else's house is skeevy for me. And it was like, Teresa. I was trying to pretend that I wasn't that deep in the housewives in me, but okay, fine. It was Teresa. You're like, it was Teresa. It's fine. <laughs> and I was like, I know who it was. It was Teresa. 
But like, that's a hilarious concept. Like, I can't live in someone else's house. That's gross. But yes, I don't want your dog licking a bowl. I don't want the dog to be served food out of a bowl that tomorrow I'm eating pasta out of. I don't want it in the mix. I want them separated. It goes back in the mix. Like, you may or may not. Right. You want to know which one it is. There was a special plate at Sadiq's house. She says the red plate had writing on it, you are special today. And in our house, we got to use it for dinner when we had a good performance or a good grade. I thought this was standard issue and every house had a you are special today plate. It should. We had a plates with our names on them. The big thing. Now, let me see if I can tap a like deep memory for you. Did you have little bloomies underwear when you were growing up? Little bloomies? No, I don't think so. Oh, they were like a very 70s. They were from Bloomingdale's. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. No, I didn't. My grandmother. I mean, Bloomingdale's was like, where are the super elite people shopped. Yes. Like you, they would kick you sad of Bloomingdale's if they saw us, you know, skulking around the aisles. But every year at Christmas time, we would get Bloomies underwear that had the days of the week on the back of the butt. Oh, I mean, I remember like seeing this like in a catalog and thinking like, I only dream of such riches. Yeah. It was the height of elegance. Like what, you would open that gift on Christmas morning and it was like... <gasps> It's the little bloomies underwear. And they had the days of the week written on the butt. And they were the height of all things glamorous and wonderful. Elizabeth says anytime we leave a family member's house, mainly grandpa's house, we beep the horn twice after we pull out of the driveway. I always thought this was normal until my husband was like, there's nothing in the road. Why are you beeping? That's the leaving beep. That's the goodbye hop. Yeah. She said it's the we are officially leaving now beeping. Totally reasonable. Team Elizabeth on that one. Although I live in a kind of small town, there's no busing. So, like, we're all in our cars or I'll pick up and stuff. And I'm constantly beeping at people who I see walking down the street and they don't know it's me. I'm in a gray minivan like everybody else. And then the people in front of me, like, turn around and get mad at me because they think I'm beeping at them. I think I need to stop my beeping habit. I love a good, like, beep, beep, hi. But people do not take it that way. They're like, see, yeah. If I heard a beep beep, I wouldn't even like acknowledge it if I was in a car because I'm like, that's clearly meant for somebody walking by. That's a friendly beep That's beep. a friendly beep beep. They need to have a horn with different buttons. Now they have a sign that goes in your back window and it spells different things out, like back off or like you could put a message in your back window, like, a you know, the news ticker that like goes by and that like really, you know, pixelated font. Stop tailgating. I love that. Yeah. So you can put different messages to people. Oh, boy. Delaney's mom used to make them hot toddies when they were kids. And she was 24 years old. She was on a camping trip. Someone brought hot toddies. And she was like, oh, wow, I haven't had one since I was a kid. And they were slightly <laughs> appalled. <laughs> Delaney's mom's hot toddies were oval team with marshmallows. Yeah, this was a big thing in my house. Hot milk before bed. That's what put you to sleep in my house. Definitely just like a marketing, right? Like, I mean, I have no problem with it. The idea that it like it helps you, I think is probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's right. But yeah, warm milk before bed was always like, if you were having trouble sleeping, my mom was like, I'll make you some warm milk. Yes. And that oval team, rich chocolate oval team was not in fact Swiss mess. It was a whole other order of healthy beverage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was healthy for you. It was like cigarettes. It was healthy for you at one point. Right. Warm milk with Ovaltine was, was actual drinking vitamins. Yeah. Liz says, and this is definitely how I was raised, raised right, Amy, at the movie theater, 
waiting to open and eat our movie candy until the previews were over and the movie had begun. Absolutely the rule in our house growing up. Because otherwise you're done. No, you everything sat pristine. And then the end of the previews, when like, you know, the logo, the M, the lion roared, it was time to start eating the candy. That's when you could open your candy. I appreciate that because I will get Twizzlers at the movies. Those are my weakness. Oh, you always say that. And it is so depressing to me. I want you to be happier than having Twizzlers as a favorite candy. Your favorite candy is wax. I just sent this to my kids because my kids have the same opinion. There was a guy on Instagram who put up a, a meme saying that Twizzlers taste like they were almost a toy. <laughs> oh, my God. It's perfect. Right? And at the last second, like, or you can eat them. I love Twizzlers. I thought the joke was going to be almost a candy, but it's so much better. Yeah. It's like it's, they were almost a toy. And then, yeah, last second they were made into a food stuff. It's like your favorite treat is like wood bark. I eat them and eat them until they're gone. Oh. I can't. I think it's the mouthfeel. They do have good mouthfeel, but the taste is too abhorrent. It's basically eating its solid cough syrup. What if Twizzlers wanted to sponsor us after all this time? Well, they could because, I mean, maybe they would be mad that I've said such mean things about them, but you're like, you should be the international spokesperson for Twizzlers. Because I do. I love them. My mother loved them and I love them. You legit love them. But I would them. argue, don't you think the previews are so much longer at the movies that, than they used to be? Like, I could have ab- abided by this rule in, you know, 79. Now, I, I mean, my God. But I wish I could do it because truly every time I go to the movies, which is not that often anymore, I'm like sick and full and miserable and the movie hasn't started yet. We've got like three more Jennifer Lawrence movies to get through before, you know, previews before we even get to the point where we're thinking of seeing something. (laughs) All right. We have some really random ones, Amy, but I don't know if anyone's going to best Megan. In her family, they would butter people's noses on their birthday exactly as it sounds, Put some butter on a finger, sneak up behind the person, wipe it on their nose, and say happy birthday. It was a tradition passed down in my grandpa's family. He had no idea it was a, wasn't a thing. Megan, I'm laughing so hard at this. You'd have to get up early. You have to soften the butter. You have to be like, oh, it's like, it's Margaret's birthday. I got to get up. You've got to soften butter. You would say, oh my God, it's Margaret's birthday. I have to get up early to get the butter out of the refrigerator so it's soft by the time she comes downstairs so I can sneak up behind her. Yeah, so I can butter nose. Mm-hmm. Sure. Got to soften that butter so I can do some nose buttering. I will say this was one of our beloved ones where I was like, okay, Megan's family needs an intervention. They're clearly all deeply deranged. And like four other people were like, oh, yeah, we did that buttering noses. And then someone said, like, I think this was a thing in Western Canada. Are you from Canada? And she was like, no, no, I'm from somewhere else. And I mean, people were not like appalled by the idea of buttering. There's a large part of me that's like, oh, it's a thing in my house now. Like starting now it is. No. If you ever butter my nose, we will have to part forever. (laughs) It's not like a whipped cream pie in the face. It's a little gentler. It's not appealing to me having someone put butter on my face. No. And sneaking up on me. There's nothing about buttered noses that I want. This was another one that I was like, again, completely appalling and deranged. And 10 people were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do that too. Julie says... We put the tooth in a cup of water by our bed instead of under our pillow. Then the tooth fairy puts coins in the cup of water. What if you drink the water in the middle of the night? First of all, grow. Well, spoiler (laughs) alert, Amy. Way to spoil the episode. (laughs) Megan said, Julie, my husband's family did that until someone drank a tooth by accident. A tooth or a coin, right? Which would be a real problem if you got like a quarter in your windpipe. They would both be bad. Why in the water? I mean, just leave it on the... Monica says... Leave it on the nightstand. 
I just feel like, why would you want to interact more with teeth? Like, why involve <laughs> another gross element of an already gross interaction? Water. Like, a tooth is the grossest thing on earth, except for a tooth and a cup of water, which is somehow slightly grosser. It is so funny that we, like, keep it around. Like, we don't just immediately throw it out, which would probably be better for everyone. And so we're like, well, hang on to this. Keep it right next to your bed. I bet there's some. I bet you could do a deep dive and find some reason for that. There's some... <laughs> Mm-hmm. deep biological mythical reason why people were like hold on to teeth there's a use for them i bet there's a reason for that monica says and this is hilarious there's a great kids book responding to julie throw your tooth on the roof it's about what kids all over the world do with their teeth when they fall out oh it's all funny. right so we're gonna get this and book. she said this was in there yeah throw your tooth on the roof someone read it for us please and tell us all the different ways but um if we can find it, I'll put a link in the show notes because, of course, I want to read it now. Yeah, throw your tooth on the roof. Yeah, it sounds fun. And it's kind of funny. Like, I think there's something about that that's very magical for kids. I remember talking to my – when I first – I went – I did an exchange when I was in high school with France. And I remember the revelation that French – like the noises that animals make are different in different countries. And that knocked me out. I thought it was the funniest, coolest thing ever that like, because it was a brand, a French clothing brand that was called, and now I can't remember, whatever French pigs say, like instead of oink, oink, they say like, koshu, koshu, or whatever they say. <laughs> and it was the name of a clothing brand. And I was like, what does it mean? Like, it's the noise a pig makes. And I was like, what in the absolute heck is wrong with you people? I remember um, in my French class in high school, a kid raising his hand, bewildered, asking why would the animals, you know, sound different in France than they did in the United States? Like you thought the animals were different. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. There's some TikToks where people do all the different ones. And it's really funny because like, it's like rooster and it's like, cuckoo And then like, it's like, cock-a-doodle-doo. And then it's like, cuckoo, cuckoo. And then someone's like, rough and <laughs> Like, it's just really funny that like, there's always one where you're like, what are you... What kind of roosters do you have over there? That is not what they sound like. Although there are sometimes ones, don't you think that you're like, oh, that is, the, they're right. That's what it says. Yeah. That is a little better. <laughs> that is a little better. Yeah. It's better than oink, oink. Oink, oink is a weird Yeah. Word. Oink, oink. Oink, oink is not really what the pig says. <laughs> not really what they say. I get it. They're like, oh, oh, oh. yeah, I kind of get it. All right. We will be back with even more funny family traditions after this. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 
Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And now, time at home versus time at grandma's house. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. At home. You, sir, are in time out. You can sit there until you can behave correctly. At grandma's house. Come here, you precious little prince. Why don't we have some cookies until you don't feel like biting anymore? At home. Come on, upstairs. A strict bedtime makes for a happy home. At Grandma's house. Of course we can watch another episode. It's only... Oh, quarter to midnight. At home. One of our core values is a lack of dependence on material things. At Grandma's house. Yoo-hoo! I've got presents. I just saw a few dozen things at the cute little toy store down the street, and I knew my munchkins had to have them. At home. My children know they can tell me anything. At Grandma's house. Shh! Don't tell Mommy. We stopped for ice cream on the way home from the candy store. What she doesn't know won't hurt her. This has been Time at Home versus Time at Grandma's House. From the Wet Fresh Owl Podcast. Colleen put chili over mashed potatoes. I mean... I'll allow it. I'll allow it. It doesn't sound bad. I was going to say, Mikey, husband's family, ketchup on taco salad. Disgusting. Ketchup on anything is disgusting. No. How dare you? (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Lauren put salt on French toast. I didn't find out until I went to camp that that was weird, but I still do it. Try it sometime. Kristen's family salts everything on their plates before tasting it. And she also realizes that not everyone calls it supper. We definitely called it supper growing up in our house. We did not. We called it dinner. Uh-huh. We no. did not. We called it dinner. My um, grandmother, my tweet tweet grandmother called it breakfast, dinner, supper. Yeah, that's a weird one. Because the big meal of the day was in the middle of the day. Like her grandparents were like farmers. Yeah. And so in supper was just a little bit of soup before bed. Yeah. I'm a salt fiend. Salt on French toast. Salt on savory stuff. I feel like that's coming, you know, salted caramel. Like we're getting it. Like salt on sweet stuff is delicious. Salt everything. Mm-hmm. Sherry says, growing up in her house, spaghetti sauce was always made with Italian sausage, fresh veggies, and sauce over pasta. It wasn't until I got married that my husband told me this was weird. And most people use ground beef and mixes the sauce with the pasta. I can't eat it that way. It grosses me out to have it all mixed together for some reason. I see why it's gross, and yet it's the only thing we will eat in my house. Like a bolognese. We do ground beef. But you strain the ground beef afterwards. Otherwise, it's like greasy sauce. Disgusting. Strain the ground beef. Little red go on top. Throw it over the spaghetti. 
Bada bing, bada boom, dinner's ready. So wait, no, I let me understand. You're you have you have the drained ground beef and you don't put this in a tomato sauce and mix it. No, no, no. Sauce goes right on top. Then that goes over the yeah, it's spaghetti and meat sauce. I thought you were saying pasta, then some ground beef, then ladle some sauce over the top of that. Okay, all right, good, good, good. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's monstrous. I'm not a monster, Amy. We got a simma. Oh, breakfast link sausage and egg noodles with applesauce on the side for dinner. It was a favorite at our house, but it's so bizarre. I mean, that is... Oh, my kids would eat that. That's... It's like German. That sounds like German food. Like a little, sh- you know, schnitzel or whatever they call it. A little uh, sauce. It's gross to mm-hmm. me, but I feel applesauce is one of those things that it's just gross to me. I mean, I don't mind it by itself, but I don't want it. It spreads all over the plate. It's nasty. Oh, I feel like it's a food for kids. Like it's, I'm not allowed to have it anymore. And I'm fine with that. Correct. No, I don't want to eat applesauce. Amy, we're back to a holiday. Mikey's family celebrates St. Patrick's Day by messing up the house at night and saying the leprechauns did it. I feel like this has become, it's like the elf on the shelf. I feel so sorry for the parents of today that also have to do this whole leprechaun trap pomp and circumstance for leprechaun traps. So I'm surprised that this was going on that long ago. So maybe it is a tradition and not something that was made up five years ago by somebody on Instagram. I thought it was. Katie says breakfast in bed for Mother's and Father's Day. We do this at my house, but she says she thinks eating in bed is gross. No, Katie, you have to have breakfast in bed. I mean, it for- is a hot mess. Like, basically, especially when the kids were little, they would bring in some version of, I mean, they would do it up like pancakes and eggs and bacon and then like a nice like wine glass with apples, um, applesauce. I have it on the brain with orange juice. And then they would serve it to me and then they would begin piling on top of me and wrestling all around me. It wasn't a good idea, but it was sort of a cute tradition. It's all about like, do you remember being that kid and like, Bearing in the tray before you, like the Hope Diamond was on it. Like nothing more exciting has ever been made. Yes. yes. So that's what you're doing it for, really. Amy, we have another thing to learn from the Dutch. Okay. I feel like this would speak to you. We know that we are Danish babies. We're, we're Dutch fans. Yeah. <laughs> we like to go outside, even though it's cold. That makes us Danish babies. We like Hugo and, and being cozy. <laughs> we like Hugo. We like being cozy in the cold, you know. Erica says, maybe this is from being Dutch. Are you familiar with perpetual calendars? They list all the dates in a month without assigning them to a day of the week. So you can put all your birthdays and anniversaries and everything on them. My family always hung these in the bathroom on the ground floor. So when I was trying to get one for myself, I was asking people where to get a Dutch bathroom calendar. (laughs) As you can imagine, that name didn't get a lot of recognition. If you type that into Google, you'd probably get no results. You'd probably get the rare, like, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. Seems like a good idea, though. Like one calendar for all the things that don't change. My mom has this, like that. And I know my brother and she and we are not, we definitely never called it a Dutch bathroom calendar. (laughs) It was just the kind of calendar mom has, right? That it would just keeps track of every year. Somebody's birthday is October 11th and somebody's anniversary is October 15th. Yeah. It seems smart to me. Mm -hmm. It's not Dutch though, Erica. So just, you know. Don't think you're special. <laughs> you could put it in the bathroom. It's not a Dutch bathroom calendar. It's not Dutch, and it doesn't belong in the bathroom. So it's just a ca- it's just a calendar. A uh, Betty Joe. This one's an interesting one. Uh, her family would go out into the woods each autumn and go mushroom hunting. When one of us would find a little spongy treasure, we would yell "gold," and my dad would come running up to make sure it wasn't a poisonous variety. On the way home, we would get hot apple cider and cinnamon donuts, and then when we got home, we would all sit around the table eating the grilled mushrooms we have found. 
I truly thought everyone did this, but I have yet to find everyone else who ever went mushroom hunting. God, like it feels like the downside is considerable unless you really have a mushroom expert in the family. No, no, no. Wait, but didn't her dad would check if they were, uh, yeah, her dad would come running over to make sure it was not a poisonous variety. Do you think Betty Jo's father was a mycologist? I just looked it up. That's what you call a mushroom expert, a mycologist. I know that because in um, a series of unfortunate events, a book <laughs> series, there's a myc- one of the kids is a mycologist. So I guess it's, a, I mean, it's possible, but yeah, I would be like, I'd want to make sure you were like an advanced mycologist. You had your doctorate in mycology before you tell me this mushroom's fine and this mushroom isn't. We had blackberry bushes in these like little woods behind our house and we would go out and pick blackberries and bring them home and eat them. And I mean, we were pretty much city mice and we found that to be like, we were living off the land. It was the most exciting thing. And I feel like a lot of kids probably just live like this who were on farms and stuff. We go out and pick strawberries and eat them and stuff. For us, it was like, we picked these out from the woods and we are going to put them in our mouth. Like it was fascinating to us that you could eat something they grew it's so different it's not the same as like picking apples at a farm no 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 if you have to get in a car and go there it's we're pumpkin right or it's like here they are the things for you to pick and put in the basket that's right here on the ground <laughs> like, like they do 99 percent of the work for you it's right right and there's like a dancing scarecrow and like you know yeah you can get chicken fingers at the shack and stuff yeah i mean But yeah, just like raspberries on a bush in the woods is pretty great. But I'm not a mycologist. Yeah, I feel like fall traditions for me are very locked in, like pumpkin patching. And we had a someone who worked with my dad had a farm upstate and we would go up to the farm, pick apples. It wasn't quite it was a little bit of a mix between like the apple picking place and like a real farm. And then we would stop for apple cider donuts on the way home. And I mean, it's just, it's good times. It's good memories, Amy. I'm here for the apple cider donuts. Those are so good. Well, my son recently went with friends to a apple picking adventure. And I was like, listen to me and believe what I say. (laughs) Do not come home without apple cider donuts. Do you hear me? This is an apple cider donut picking adventure. Do you hear me? This is serious. (laughs) And did he come home with apple cider donuts? Yeah. I mean, it's non-negotiable. And yeah, I mean, coming up, we, we're in the Halloween season. We're going to finish strong, Amy, with Halloween. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's. Anna's parents, her evil genius parents, gave them one week to eat as much of our Halloween candy before they took it to their offices. They were so sick of candy for months afterwards. I did not know about leftover Halloween candy until I heard a random Gilmore Girls episode in college. Like she just thought it disappeared, like your tooth when you leave it out for the tooth fairy, like it, it goes away after a week. Yeah. Or or that people just took it away from you after a week. Like there was no such thing as like finding it in November. Oh, 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 that that was just what everybody did. Yeah. That like it disappeared. I feel like this is a dialogue that I think we can all dial out of. Like what Halloween candy do you know about the switch witch? No. Like it gives she gives you like smoothies instead? A switch witch comes and gives you a small toy in exchange for your leftover Halloween candy because we all now have to, on top of everything else we're doing, find a solution to kids eating Halloween candy. It's right, like, once a year. Here's the thing with Halloween candy. Your kids are going to binge on it. It's going to be kind of gross. They're going to poop weird for a week. 
And you're done with Halloween. Like it's, I don't know. I don't care about Halloween candy. They do kind of forget about, we're in New York City, so our kids trick or treat around our apartment building. I mean, it's easy to really get come home with like more candy than you can carry almost. Correct. My kids have to stop when their their pillowcases are too heavy. But even so, right. And then we're talking about older kids. Maybe younger kids are different. But yeah, you just let them gorge themselves for one day, maybe even the next day too. And then all of a sudden, it's six weeks later and the candy's still in their room and you just kind of, I do spirit it away one day. Yeah. But like when they stop caring. Yeah. But like, it's only when it's down to like mostly wrappers and like three like things in the bottom. I will say Halloween, I'm like a football coach. I gather the kids around. They're getting their aging out, unfortunately. But I'm like, let's focus, people. This is what we've trained for. We're not here to pick up Smarties. We're not here to pick up... Now and laters. Get in plenties. We're looking for $100,000 grand bars. We're looking for Snickers. Forget Three Musketeers. Nobody wants them. Mm-hmm. Move on. I have a whole... like I'm doing X's and O's on the board before they send them out. I got very serious opinions on what we're looking for. I'll be your switch witch. I'll take your Twizzlers and I'll give you, oh, you know, whatever. My kids know not to come home with Twizzlers in the bag. I'm like, not to this house. Not you in don't. our family, our tradition. I don't want candy corn. And I definitely, like, if they are trying to give you that bag of pretzels, walk away. Walk away. Be like, ma'am, I'm sorry. My mom will not let me ever come to this house again. And forget about a pencil. Well said. Well, this was a super fun episode, and I'll put the link to the original question and answer in the show notes, too, so you can check that out. And if you're not in our Facebook group, it's facebook.com slash groups slash whatfreshhellcast. Join the fun. There's thousands of parents in the group now, and it's such a supportive, nice space. I mean, people say silly stuff, and people say nice stuff, and people ask sensitive questions anonymously, and I'm always so delighted by how this community just always gives people what they need, which is support. Agree. It's a great group of folks. Find it at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash what fresh hell cast. Or you can just go on Facebook and search what fresh hell podcast group and you will find us there. We look forward to chatting with you there. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. 
I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.